Hi, this is Jesse with Red Cloaks Radio, and I am joined with my co-host, Karen Rose from the Boston Red Cloaks. We are very excited today through the power and wonder of Zoom to welcome Shelly, who's talking to us all the way from Nebraska. Hello, Shelly. Hi, thank so you for having me. We're really excited. You caught attention with your amazing Instagram at, I want to pronounce it correctly, the Death Scorts. It is the Death Scorts. Yes, we are. Uh, we're on two platforms. We're on Instagram and TikTok now. Excellent. Well, I have to say that your approach to clinic defense is creative, uh, vivacious, energetic, energizing, inspiring, colorful, and um, also has some sound effects now, which we will talk about. Oh my gosh. Thank you very much. That's like so much to take in. Thank you. Um, it's really important to me to do this work. So uh, it feels good to see that so many people are interested. So the clinic that you're working at doing a little research online has actually two locations. And the one in Nebraska is where I'm following you and learning more about what's going on there. So can you just tell us a little bit how you got started and what drew you to this amazing contribution to humankind? Oh my gosh, you're so kind. Um, yeah, so we have two locations, one in Maryland and uh, one in Nebraska. Dr. Leroy Carhart is the doctor at the clinic that I work for, and he travels back and forth between the two to do um, the later trimester abortions in Maryland and the earlier ones in Nebraska. Um, I have always been a pro-choice advocate, but clinic escorting came to me about six years ago. Um, and it's just one of those things that I, I felt like I, when I had my abortion, I had my partner present and I was really lucky to have that. And a lot of folks don't have that. So we started the escort program at the clinic in Bellevue has been around for a number of years, but we haven't really engaged with the protesters until uh, last year. So it's really fairly new for us to be engaging and doing clinic defense in a whole new way. So we're, we're excited about it. And it's been really effective, honestly. Is that the same policy also for Maryland? In Maryland, they actually don't need them because there just aren't the volume of protesters that we have here in Nebraska. Uh, so uh, can, can you put a number to it? It depends on the week. So we have four factions of protesters that show up. Um, I've gotten to really know them. And, and the funny thing is they don't get along. So they like, they kind of war amongst themselves, which is a hilarious thing to watch. The Catholics versus the evangelicals is, it's a battle, an endless battle. Um, but I would say on any given week, we range from uh, maybe 14 to 40. Mm -hmm. 40 is a big number. It is. And they, they have lots of things, especially during 40 Days of Life or any of the bigger um, sort of nationwide campaigns, where they're doing things like bringing busloads of children from elementary schools, from the Catholic oh. school, and having them uh, protest there. We actually have a staff member who uh, protested there as a child. So it's, it's interesting to see how that cycle uh, went wrong for them on that one. That sounds almost corrupt. Yeah, it's pretty like morally corrupt. Yeah, I would definitely say so. I mean, there's, there's a lot of things that these antis do um, at our clinic that I, I, would, I would definitely label as morally corrupt. One of the things that caught my eye was how you talked about the factions. You had one that it was, it, this is a terrible thing and there's really no humor, but you have managed to put some humor in there. And you were like, it's a bad day when the one anti is making fun of the other anti. Yes. Please they share that. that is other. <laughs> yeah. So we have a woman, I call her um, on my TikTok, I call her the rice baby lady. 
Um, but she she carries around a what I believe to be a bag of rice that she has uh, affixed a doll head to, and she wraps it in a blanket and carries it on her shoulder. And she walks around and soothes it and sings to it and does all of these things in hopes that one of the uh, folks coming to get an abortion will see it, think that it's a baby and approach her. And then what she does is she tries to get them to hold it. And she says, this is the weight of your unborn baby. It's a whole thing. So anyway, some of the male protesters don't particularly love this um, tactic. And so uh, they sometimes confide in me because I've been there for a long time. And so one of them came up to me and was like, this lady, what is she doing? You know, she's real crazy. They have no idea that they're also acting this way. But yeah, so we've got some real characters out there. Um, and that's what's been kind of fun about capturing it for TikTok is, you know, people think that outside of abortion clinics, you've just got a lot of very sweet old ladies praying in the rosary. And that that's just simply not the case. That's no, good it's to like, point that out. What are the what are the Nebraska abortion laws presently? So we are able to do procedures up to twenty one point uh, six, and so that that we're the only clinic in Nebraska that goes that late. But that's Dr. Carhart and and his work. Um, we just recently uh, got a ban on um, dismemberment abortion, as they call it, quote unquote. So some things are changing, but um, we'll still be able to provide. Uh, abortions up to 21.6 in Nebraska. What's typical for other clinics in terms of the number of weeks allowed? I believe we only have one, two other clinics. They're both Planned Parenthoods. They, I believe they go to like 12 or 14, maybe 14. Ah, that's pretty soon. Hi. Hi, Martha. Thanks for Thanks for dropping by. Hello, everybody. Here's Shelly, Shelly, Martha, Martha, Shelly. So I have one question. What happens with minors in Nebraska? Do they have to have consent? Do they have to use a lawyer? Because in Massachusetts, they do. Uh, the rules here are if you are under the age of 17, you do need uh, consent from at least one parent. But we do have an option for you to be able to file a waiver uh, for that parental consent to be able to petition to to get the procedure. Uh, well, you were talking a little bit about the people who are outside. When you're there as escorts, can you talk us through what it's like for a patient? Because one of your things you're doing is uh, engaging and dealing with these antis, but then you also have the patients. What is that experience like? Yeah, so for, for a really long time, we only had a couple of escorts. And so we weren't able to engage fully and also escort patients into the clinic safely. So we've really uh, sort of upped our, our numbers and that's helped a lot. So when someone pulls into the clinic, typically there are a couple of escorts at the front driveway. And those escorts are there to help keep the patients from being misled. A common tactic uh, at our clinic is we have antis that will mimic our, um, our vests like they do uh, in other places, but they will stop the car and say, um, we have one in particular who has a PhD. And so he's able to introduce himself as a doctor. And so he says, I'm Dr. So-and-so, I work here. What time is your appointment? And when he says he works here, what he means is I work here on the sidewalk. But what is clearly implied as I work here at the clinic and you've already said you're a doctor. So all of those contextual clues lead the patient to believe that this person is their doctor. 
So, you know, they say, what time is your appointment? So-and-so says, uh, yep, my appointment's at eight. And they say, oh, great. Let's get you in for your ultrasound before oh your God. appointment. And then they take them directly next door to our emergency pregnancy clinic. So we have two escorts generally that sort of guard the front driveway. So as the car pulls in, we uh, shout to the patient, like, keep driving, parking this way. They don't work here those sorts of things. And then the patient pulls in and while they're parking, we have the driveway escorts and a couple others who go and sort of line the perimeter to make noise, to drown out the shouting uh, from the protesters as the person is getting out of their car. We hmm. give them um, a pair of disposable earplugs that we were actually able to purchase. Thank you, TikTok, who has helped us with noisemakers and earplugs and things like that. So they can put in the earplugs if they prefer, and then someone will escort them in with a big umbrella that blocks out the view of the protesters who are shouting at that time. So that's kind of what it looks like for a patient. It's obviously not ideal. We would love it if someone could just pull in, park, and go in like every other, you know, healthcare procedure in the country. But unfortunately, that's the, the situation for us. Is there a, an escort service for when they leave the clinic? So most of our patients all leave at the same time. We, we have honed in our arrival time to be within a one hour period. So all of the patients who are coming in that day arrive at the same time. So they also try to have them sort of leave at the same time. So it, it works out pretty well. Funny thing about anti-abortion protesters that I've discovered over the years is that they, they think that abortion is murder, but they only think that it's murder when the weather is nice, when it's not a holiday and also before noon. So if, if it's any of those other things, they're generally not there in volume. There may be one person standing out there when folks leave, but for the most part, it's very much a, a, a convenience for them. So they're like your fair weather enemies. Absolutely. When it's real cold, I know that we're going to only have a few and I can plan that way because they won't come. If people haven't seen your TikTok yet or watched, you know, on Instagram, can you, cause it's, people don't really understand this. Can you explain how it sounds out there and the kinds of things you've seen because you've described them and shown them visually and it is pretty shocking. Yeah, it's awful. Um, most of the time, the, depending on which faction is there for that day, because they do have like a schedule, as silly as that sounds, of who's allowed to be there when, so they don't uh, interfere with each other. Usually it is a, a number of men shouting. Most of our protesters, by the way, um, are men. And uh, they tend to yell things like, you know, that this is the, the worst day of your life. Don't let them do this to you. Um, you're a murderer. Uh, and you know, what happens generally is they're, they're nicer on the front end, but as the person gets closer to the door and they realize that they're not going to turn around, they start shouting even more vulgar things and even mm -hmm. using, you know, curse words and expletives sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, but it's a lot of noise. It's a lot of shouting. It's a lot of um, very vulgar imagery, a lot of pictures that, you know, have been around since the 80s on these same posters for, for years, decades, that they are displaying. They recently have started to bring ladders, even though we have no, we have no fence. So there's nothing to look over, but they think that um, if they climb up on the ladder that their voice will carry more. I started carrying a bullhorn. So I talk to them through the bullhorn. I'm on a first name basis with most of them and, I, and that's intentional. 
I think sometimes when I use their first name, it helps break their character a little bit so that they realize, oh yes, I'm a person. And, and this uh, person who's trying to go inside the clinic is a person too. So there's a lot of kind of intentional activity there on my part, but it is, it is not quiet. It's loud and vulgar. It takes brave people to be able to do the work that you and your cohorts are doing. Because that's really, a much, uh, that's, a, that's an assault on yeah. you and the clinic and the people who are coming in for the procedure. It really is. And, and honestly, before we started engaging, when we were doing this quietly, it, I mean, it was fine. We were able to get people inside, but they were listening to a lot of horrible things and they were getting misled in the driveway. They were believing this man in the driveway and they're going with him. And then calling us two or three hours later and saying, oh my God, I didn't realize what happened. They didn't tell me that I was at the wrong place. They let me sit in there for a long time. You know, they did my ultrasound and told me that I was earlier than I am because they want you to think you have more time to make a decision. I mean, a lot of things were happening when we weren't engaging. And every clinic has a different policy about the level of engagement they allow. But I feel very strongly that engaging is the best choice for us. I watch my patients their body language when they go inside. It's very different to be walking in and having someone say, a mother never forgets the death of her child. That's one of of their very vocal sayings. So it's very different to have that yelled at you as you're quietly walking inside. But when I turn around with my bullhorn and I say, hey, Larry, why don't you shut up? (laughs) It changes it for a second because I think it helps them realize like, wait, she's on a first name basis with him. He does this to everybody. This is not him personally knowing me or my heart or my choice. This is, you know, this is what he does. So I think there's something to be said for that. Yeah, I think that's a great, that's a great tool. Martha, can you bring in either from comparing with last time, you know, the theme of religion and, or uh, last time I think you called it like bless your heart in the South. We talked to someone who's in Mississippi. Um, Oh yeah. Did you talk to Kim? We did. We talked to Kim and Dorenda. Kim and Dorenda are my inspiration. They're why I started. So you're saying that you're on a first name basis with these people. So would they shout back or do you shout back to them? Because one thing I've moved a lot on around the U.S. and I live down in the South. And my favorite phrase for people was, bless your little heart or bless your your heart so what would you shout to them oh gosh what do i shout to them i wish i could say bless your heart but i just don't believe it so i can't i can't let any untruths come out i usually say you're not gonna harass these women today and i usually say um these women are making a constitutional choice with a healthcare provider those are kind of my go-to lines. And I just shout those through the bullhorn all day. Mm, that's great. That's great. Awesome. Yeah, no, I know it's difficult to shout, to tell them to bless their, their heart, but it's, um, it's kind of, an, I would say an oxymoron to tell them that. Sometimes I would shout, bless your pruny little heart. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll try that this week. I'll give that one a Yes, call. because uh, it's very mind-blowing to think that people that are such a religious zealot can yeah. be so horrible when they talk to women, especially since they think that you should call people 
miss something or missy or something like that, I'm like, why would you do that? Why? Or with that mouth, you kiss your mother, your grandmother, your wife and your kids. I'm sorry, that's horrible. It's terrible. Well, Martha, I promise on Friday, I will say bless your pruny little heart to Larry. Oh, I love that. You. <laughs> I like that you could take uh, you can take requests. Yes. So yes. we were we were chatting um, with the Pink House Defenders with Dorenda oh. and Kim, and I can't help but notice some similarities in uh, the animosity directed at especially women who are going in to seek healthcare in the form of an abortion. And we talked a little bit about what underlies it. I know it seems obvious, but because you are seeing this day in and day out, what do you see when you look at the antis? What do you see? I feel bad for them. I do. And that sounds, um, you know, kind of counterintuitive because that's not necessarily the way that I treat them. But I do believe that there are some of them who genuinely believe that they are saving babies. And there's a part of me that sees the zealotry that they have and the, um, you know, passion they have for whatever it is that they think they're doing. Um, and I see some of that in myself too. I mean, I'm out there of my own accord at six o'clock in the morning on an icy February morning, the same way that they are, some of them. Um, and so, you know, I see myself in them a little bit. And so, um, my, my approach is a little bit different than some of the other clinics because I try to engage in long form conversation with them. And it really has, sometimes it's terrible and they say horrible things and there's nothing I can do about it, but there have definitely been antis who have never come back. And I, I don't know that they've necessarily changed their opinion on the situation, but I think that sometimes when we engage in those conversations, those things stick in their brain somewhere. And later, my hope is that later on that night when they're in the shower, they start thinking about it and they're like, wait a second, maybe this is a little nuts. <laughs> or maybe I'm really hurting someone. So, you know, I, I do think that if I can keep a, a fairly steady demeanor um, and be a stern but fair is the way that I, I try to keep myself out there that sometimes they listen and, and I think they do. Now, we only have a little bit of time left and I know people who are listening who are not nearby in Nebraska are going to want to help. So yeah. what are some ways that we can help be supportive even if we're not close enough by? Sure, so a big thing for us is donations. I mean, obviously we, we have two donation funds. So we've got a fund that goes specifically to the escorts. We call it the coffee fund. Uh, because its original intention was um, just to buy coffee. And then we started getting too much money for coffee. And so um, we've been using it actually to buy supplies, to buy things like those uh, noisemakers, the earplugs, that sort of thing. So, so that's always really helpful. And that's a Venmo donation at the death scores. And then um, the biggest thing that we ask is for folks to donate to the abortion access fund. It specifically funds abortion at the clinic we defend. It's so important in such a large rural state for folks that need to come all the way to Omaha. If you're not familiar with the geography of Nebraska and many are not, <laughs> Omaha is on the very edge of the state and from one end to the other, it's about nine to 10 hours. So <laughs> if you have to come here for an abortion, we need to get you a hotel. We've got to get you gas cards, things like that. So um, that's the most important thing. We all uh, do this for the fund. 
Great. So people can give to the fund and they can also give to uh, to you guys, to desk Words for equipment. And I want to point out that you have an Amazon wish list. So for people who are looking for some sort of a special birthday gift or holiday gift or a gift for yourself, you could be sponsoring a cowbell, for example, or some wonderful protective ear equipment. And we've learned today and listening to you why that is so necessary for the patients who are coming in. Lots of interesting things on that list. What about your vests? Yeah, we are really lucky to have the Clinic Vest Project, which if you're not familiar, um, they provide vests for free for over 100 uh, clinics around the world. And they uh, are so wonderful. They just sent us a brand new shipment um, of vests that the antis at our clinic haven't had a chance to mimic yet. It's crazy that they copied the vests. Like the amount of time they put into being difficult is crazy. They could change the world if they were doing it for the right, for the right thing, you know? <laughs> That's a channel for the good people. I know it. Can you just tell everyone the name of the website or TikTok or exactly how they can find you? Yeah. So the most active platform for us is TikTok and we are at the death squirts on TikTok. And then um, we recently started an Instagram too. And that Instagram is a little different because I'm sharing my whole shift of videos on that. So you can really watch those one-on-one interactions with um, some of the folks on the sidewalk. And that is also at the Death Sports on Instagram. Fabulous. We really appreciate the time that you have taken today and that you're out there uh, with the voice of reason. Yeah, yeah, that was very, very informative today. You're a great, you're a great person to have on the forefront. So glad to meet oh, you. Thank you so much. That means Th- a lot. Thank you. Coming from you guys. Oof. Thank you. Which is the ordinary. Our street, our street theater is quiet and very different. <laughs> yes, for sure. Thank you. All right. So we'll check back in.